Hello everyone. Welcome to yet another episode of our podcast Social Mashup. And this is your host for the day Naman Sonkar. I am a student, young campaigner at STC India, change maker, writer and the founder of Hari Koshish, a group aiming towards building a brighter, better and a greener tomorrow. I am really excited to moderate this special episode themed on Menstrual Hygiene Day. Menstrual Hygiene Day is an annual awareness day on May 28 to highlight the importance of good menstrual hygiene management at a global level. It was initiated by the German-based NGO Wash United in 2014. This episode is brought to you by Mash Project Foundation and supported by IPPF and Save the Children India. Today we have a very special guest with us. Ladies and gentlemen, join me in welcoming Diane Day Menezes. Hi Naman, thank you so much. Hello, very nice to meet you. Diane is the founder of Red is the New Green, Green Sustainable Development Foundation, an award-winning non-profit working towards reducing the social stigma attached to menstruation through education and advocacy. Since 2017, she has created a framework for sustainable menstrual hygiene management through education, menstrual product access and waste disposal solutions and worked with over 200,000 individuals. In 2018, she was awarded the Queen's Young Leader Award by AHM Queen Elizabeth II and in 2019 was featured in Forbes Asia 30 under 30 list for her efforts in reducing period poverty. During the COVID-19 pandemic in Mumbai, India, Diane and her team launched a national fundraising campaign called Pass on the Pad to supply locally made 350,000 menstrual pads to vulnerable communities impacted due to the lockdown. Currently, Diane is pursuing her masters in international development at the Geneva Graduate Institute. Hi Diane, how are you today? I'm very good Naman, thank you for the wonderful introduction and I'm so excited to know that you do so much work as well and I'm very 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 happy to see what comes out in the next few minutes of our conversation. It's absolutely mutual. We're very happy to have you <laughs> on the podcast today. Thank you. To kick start the conversation, I would mm-hmm. ask you what motivated you to work in the field of menstrual hygiene. So Naman to start with, I personally do not like periods. I think and because you don't have periods, you wouldn't understand the feeling, but I think it's a big it's really annoying. It's very irritating and I grew up always not liking it. not understanding really uh, why we have to deal with this every month why it's such a difficulty why it's such a pain and what really motivated me to start with working in this space or doing so much or literally talking about periods 24/7 is this irritation the really the irritation to understand that in 2022 with everything going around us we still stigmatize a normal body process such as menstruation it's as normal as sweating as going to the bathroom but yet this is one of the only topics or one of the most stigmatized issues which really shouldn't be the case i started off really with this journey when i was working and as someone working in an office don't really think about many things i was going on just about with my day normally and i got my period unexpectedly now as a person who menstruates this is something that happens to almost everyone at some point in their life 
and for me at that point i didn't have a sanitary pad which for some reason i was so embarrassed i couldn't ask anyone in my office because my, most of the employees were much older i was very young there i felt very embarrassed to talk about it so i somehow managed to go to the chemist nearby i could purchase sanitary pads and i went on with my day as normally as possible but for the first time i think in my life it just something was niggling at the back of my brain it was like why are we doing this why is it so annoying and i was very curious to see like if a person like me with so much privilege still has to deal with this there are so many people just 300 or 400 meters outside my office whose day could have been completely derailed because of lack of access to products so naman i would say really the seed was planted then and i was curious to know why why does this happen i think that's something very interesting as to what i could collect it's like turning your irritation into a passion for protection which mm-hmm. i must say i completely admire <laughs> thank you i'm sure you must have faced some challenges on your journey so coming on to my next question what are the challenges you faced over time with regards to menstrual health and hygiene in various contexts if i were to say gender geographical space culture economic etc all right so picking off where i stopped with with our previous question i really wanted to do something about this and my organization which is honestly world class they supported me so much in actually helping implement this project they were the ones who said okay diane we believe you this is a big problem let's understand what we can do and the more i researched about menstrual health the more i researched about the challenges faced by people not only in india but in other places of the world it uh, showed me a vast level of interlinkages like you said among economic factors social factors cultural this was as interdisciplinary and as intersectional as they come and when i started talking about it i said you know i i want to do a project i want to do something about menstrual health and we wanted to start with schools because in mumbai in 2016 many girls in schools and places around didn't have access something as small as didn't have bins in the bathroom didn't have access to purchase sanitary napkins or more importantly no one ever spoke to them about periods naman if i can ask you in this question did anyone ever talk to you about periods growing up growing up i don't think i have been directly taught about periods it's just something you learn sort of indirectly and right. i was privileged to be in a school uh, to be in a school you know who focuses upon things like sexual health as well so which is great which is really great but unfortunately naman i never had that privilege um and i was in a girls school but still this was not something we were taught it was not openly discussed so when i decided to start red as a new green as a small initiative and we just wanted to target one to two schools there were many people who said oh god why do you want to talk about this is this really important diane you know why don't you just teach english and the challenges started there but i was very firm i said okay what's the worst that can happen everyone will say no so what let's try and that's exactly what happened everyone did say no we faced a lot of rejection cuz schools thought it was not important there were principals who'd straight up hear me speak and say sorry not interested we we don't need this our children don't need to know about it uh, via education they they'll find out on their own when it's the right time and that only made me push harder and 
finally we got a break we had one school in mumbai who decided to take a chance they said yes we see the merit in this we have a huge problem in our school where access the school girls were flushing down sanitary pads in the toilet rather than throwing it in a bin because of the stigma because no one told them and this, the drains were getting clogged so we said yes we can help give us one chance just give us one session and that's really how it started naman i think it's really inspiring Thank as you as you mentioned you know it's very right like said a thousand don't knows don't matter what matters is one yes mm-hmm. what kept what kept the fire in you alive how were you able to overcome with the rejections or with all the difficulties which you you know you went through i think even now though it's been when i reflect back and we launched red is in green exactly Two days from now, twenty eighth May, I think in twenty seventeen, we did our first session. Or twenty sixteen, it was about a good five, six years back. And now, when I reflect, I feel like my passion for this has still remained very strong, because I fundamentally feel that organizations like mine, like Red is the New Green, people talking about periods all the time, don't need to exist. There shouldn't be a need for me. off of so many brilliant people across the world to spend a greater part of their day talking about a topic like menstrual health which should just be absolutely normal so what really drives me naman is to work towards a future where menstruation is completely normal where there's no need for organizations like mine to exist at all because there's just no need people will think about period taboos and stigmas as a long like something in the past and you think achhe us zamane mein aisa hota tha it would it would always be something like that but coming back to what really motivates me i think the biggest honor i have with my work is while i get to meet really cool people like her majesty the queen of england i get to meet absolutely brilliant people ambassadors ministers of various departments my biggest privilege and honor is really talking to people who share their stories with me who from small places who people i meet on the streets or people who say come for our sessions or we have the privilege of talking to open up for maybe the first time in their life and tell me about their first period experience or something they've always wanted to know about menstrual health or something they want to know about diet but something related to this so they just feel really scared to talk about i think that really motivates me to see at least one person in the audience be like oh is that it i've been doing this wrong all my life or periods are only a no- it's it's normal it's scientific i think those are things which really motivate me because then you see how change really transpires because it's not me or an organizations like us working alone it's really a mindset change it comes from within when people say that okay why are, we should really question why we believe these period myths and taboos why do we not wash our hair on our period or why do we not eat pickle why do we not do this and once we really start questioning that mindset i think change really happens and that really keeps me on i think that's wonderful because to everyone change if i were to sum up is just driving 
in a, I mean, in what context I understood is to, you know, sort of diminish these social taboos, which are mm-hmm. sort of directly or indirectly harming girls out there, harming still women out there. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're not comfortable talking about things like these, which is totally normal. As you said, it's as normal as any human process. I would say breathing, for a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. At this point, I don't think any of us are scared or are, you know, we feel un- uncomfortable talking about digestion or breathing. Then exactly. why is this an issue? It's Absolutely. Like, I, I, I agree with you. So, as we were, as we were speaking, what are mm-hmm. the stigmas attached to menstruation even today? Okay, that's really interesting. Because I, when I started Redis and Evelyn, I honestly did not know a lot about the stigmas. Uh, I knew a couple of the basics because I did it myself. I believed in a lot of the stigmas growing up when I was in school. For example, like not washing your hair on your period. So that was a big stigma, at least where in my school, where it said that when you're on your period for the first three days, you should not wash your hair, and after the third day, you should wash it because uh, if you wash it during the first three days, you get a very heavy blood flow. In some cases, the myth is also adapted, where they say if you wash your hair, animals can sort of smell it, and it's unsafe, especially if you live in a place close to wild animals and all. So, women were not allowed to wash their hair. In other cases, I mean, I had friends where in their house, if you're on your period, you could not uh, attend certain functions, you couldn't go to their kitchen area, and these are things we just often grow up with, right? So you don't think. Much of it, or you don't think about how the effects are. But there are many, number countless cases where women have been excluded. They are made to stay in huts outside the house on their period. And whereas in countries like Japan, which you think are okay, maybe the Western world or maybe countries in the East have different cultures around menstruation. Somehow they always have a common point. Everyone thinks that this is bad. Do you like sushi, Naman? Have you eaten sushi? I have. I'm fond of it. You are fond of it, right? Do you know that sushi is only made by male chefs? Really? Why so? Because, because they believe in Japan that when a woman is on their period, they're impure, and as a result of the changes in the body, that spoils the fish. Because you know, when you make sushi, you handle raw fish, and they feel that that's Extremely bad. So hence, for hundreds of years, there are just no women sushi chefs because of uh, their menstrual cycles. And this is just one of the many countries where these taboos exist. And how these taboos play out is that they not only culturally hold you back, it also then affects many women and girls to access opportunities in the future. It pushes them behind towards reaching our goal for gender equality. So when we talk about anything related to menstruation, we also need to address that yes, there are a lot of taboos around it, and how do we go about navigating these taboos? Uh, that's a very that's a brilliant answer to be honest. And you know, in context to what you were saying today in the world, we're talking about equality, mm-hmm. and at the same time, as you mentioned this example, you know, this was something which I honestly never observed as to why we don't have female chefs to make sushi, but it's just something which. The common man won't observe, but it's when it comes to impacting lives. It's impacting the lives of many women and girls out there, who, because of a very poor reason, are not getting equal opportunities to men. Mm-hmm. That that's horrible. So 
moving on to a sort of an interesting question which i really want to know more about is can, can you tell me more about your organization as in what when how how did it go about so we what started off as an initiative really gained a lot of momentum because we saw the need in schools and colleges for people to have number one access to education about periods and menstrual health next once you give access to information creating access to the product is the next step because sanitary napkins are expensive in india naman have you ever purchased a packet of sanitary pads at your local chemist or supermarket i haven't yet okay i would urge you to if you haven't tried it out already because these products are expensive and this is for something which happens every month from the ages of 13 to 45 every single right. month for more than 5 days so you can do the math it's it's really expensive mm-hmm. so it's economically really tough so hence creating access to sanitary products was one big agenda first and finally i didn't feel right that we take care of these aspects and not look at the biggest thing surrounding us our planet menstrual waste is a huge contributor to plastic waste and because of the nature of this it essentially a sanitary pad is soaked with blood and because it's produced in your house it's a domestic waste and the guidelines around segregating it and disposing it off are still not properly executed all right because this is produced in your house how yeah. do you safely dispose your pads and we've seen cases where animals end up eating sanitary napkins they end up going to landfills if the waste is unsegregated and that causes so much more damage to the environment so when we started off we installed these incinerators which are machines which electrically burn the pads the sanitary napkins at extremely high temperature and the waste which is left is a sterile ash which can be used for composting which could be reused and even the vending machine we ensured that these sanitary napkins were not given free of cost because we really wanted to instill a sense of financial responsibility a mm-hmm. sense of deep a deep understanding that yes this is ours this is not a donation this machine is not just a charity thing it's about you and me it's about inculcating that sense of ownership in young children to feel like yes this is a part of us we need to keep this we need to keep this machine going so at a very low cost of 10 rupees one had access to three sanitary napkins and the mindset change was phenomenal the response rate was extremely high and we saw great success with how we started and then we moved on to working with few state governments and consulting with them helping them roll out these plans in a larger scale we uh, also work in skill development where we help communities which are underprivileged or underrepresented make or become entrepreneurs making reusable cloth pads during the pandemic we worked a lot with relief aid with disaster management all related to gender and helping women and girls in extremely remote places get access to these products in a very difficult time like covid-19 including our frontline workers and doctors that's amazing bian <laughs> thank you that's honestly amazing as i as as sitting and conversing it's just it's inspiring me to work harder and you know 
and one thing wonderful i as a change maker i'm very happy to hear as to what you were doing is growing with mother earth and not without her mm-hmm. and that's wonderful and Thank your you. story is very inspiring and i'm sure many out there are just thinking in their minds of what change and what magnitude they want to drive and the world actually needs more of you and you too naman and you too thank you so much to really means not to me <laughs> coming on to the last segment of the podcast for today is there any message you would like to convey to all the young change makers and campaigners who are watching and uh, sorry listening to this podcast definitely i think for everyone who's listening hi thank you for staying on for so long and if there's just one thing you'll take away from this entire discussion which covered periods and so many different things is that you can actually do whatever you'd like to do i have no special skill or no special talent but i just really wanted to understand why are we still discussing periods in 2022 why is a normal body process as normal as sweating still the topic of so many discussions and so many things and we are still like whispering about it so my i think i would really like to say that if i can do it so can you so just go out there ask all the silly questions make all the mistakes i keep making mistakes i get rejected almost daily but don't let that stop you and the world is completely your oyster then i completely agree be you be free be fire Wow, Naman, you have all the cool catchphrases, yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> It's lovely talking to you today, Diana. You too. Listening to your insights and your experiences—it's truly inspiring. Yes. I'm sure our listeners enjoyed listening to you as much as we did. Thank you so much. Have a nice day ahead. Wish you a great day ahead, Diana. And best of luck for all your ventures. You too. If you liked our podcast, then do like and share with your friends. You can also visit our social media handles for more such content. Do not forget to follow at mash underscore project on social media. When you have a dream, you've got to grab it and never let go. With that, no people like to bid goodbye to you all. See you in the next episode.